Um, good evening, everyone. And um, uh, as I, um, you know, promised that I would. Um, good evening, everyone. And um, uh, you know, just like I uh, promised, uh, since many of you uh, have gone, uh, you know, to appear for the net exam. Uh, and were not able to attend the class, so uh, I'm just recording this podcast uh, for the benefit of those who uh, could not attend the class. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that um, all of you would have done well in the exam, uh, but of course, an exam uh, is 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 good only as good as uh, the result is. So it's going to be a wait, and I'm sure um, uh, you know the uh, you know the results would be good. Uh, so today um, I'm going to begin with um, you know, the section uh, which is um, introduction uh, to literary genres, rather the paper, and the section which is, um, or the unit rather, unit two, which is metafiction. And uh, I'll be uh, you know, doing the part on metafiction and also on, uh, the unit on um, the comic books. Um, uh, of course, I've already delivered my lecture in the class today and I cannot, uh, you know, completely claim that uh, this would be, uh, you know, uh, exactly, uh, you know, like uh, uh, the the lecture that I delivered in the morning. But I try my best, and uh, uh, you know, to use as much fidelity as possible, so that I am able to, uh, you know, give you uh, the benefit of whatever I taught in the class in the morning. Um, I began uh, in the morning too by uh, reading out from. Uh, you know the syllabus, and uh, you know the introductory paragraph, uh, which says that um, the paper will introduce students to some of the new genres that have overwhelmed the postmodern literary space. Okay, uh, look, uh, you know, examine the use of the word overwhelmed. You know, overwhelm is you know when uh, something comes you know, so, um, so as to make you confused or so as to make, uh, you know, it's so, um, you know, large in its expanse that, uh, you know, for a moment you're, you know, just put out of gear. So, um, you know, the postmodern literary spaces had these kind of genres which were unusual, which were very different, and uh, they make up for interesting study. Um, you know, there are another two things that I mentioned in the syllabus is uh, that, you know, the effort of, um, uh, you know, this uh, paper is to provide you a brief overview of the distinctive innovativeness and basic characteristics of the genre. So, see, a very important aspect of any genre is its distinctive innovativeness. I mean, how innovative it is it? You know, how new? How does it address, uh, you know, certain issues that are very, very common in, in, in literature and also, obviously, understanding its basic characteristics. So, um, today when we discuss uh, metafiction, uh, we are, uh, you know, going to try to do exactly what your syllabus intends and that is understand the basic characteristics of metafiction and also its distinctive innovativeness. You know, how is it different, say, from other genres or how, uh, you know, does uh, it, um, um, you know, answer certain questions, etc. So these are the things actually going to be examined, okay? Uh, before I, uh, you know, go into uh, the essay, uh, you know, which is... Uh, uh, a part of a larger book, it's a chapter actually, from uh, the 1984 book of Patricia Waugh, which is Metafiction, 
the theory and practice of self-conscious fiction all right so that's the title of um, the you know the, the book and uh, you see a very important uh, thing that's there in the book is uh, the title of the book is self-conscious fiction okay so we're going to look at metafiction uh, you know as being self-reflexive as being self-conscious as being uh, you know inward uh, looking etc uh, when we do the characteristics and we do um, you know the different aspects of metafiction um, you know Patricia War is um, you know she's a fellow of the British Academy and she's uh, uh, you know, uh, born in the 1950s, which uh, makes her contemporary. Uh, she's a professor of literature at Durham University, and uh, uh, you know she's 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 a brilliant um, uh, you know um, intellectual historian. And uh, you know she joined the university and uh, became a professor in a very short while because of her academic brilliance. And um, Patricia War is otherwise, you know, a literary critic. As I mentioned, she's an intellectual historian, and you know, she's a leading specialist in modernist, a uh, postmodernist literature, feminist theory, intellectual history, and uh, post-war fiction and its political context. Okay, so these are the broad areas uh, in which, um, you know, she's published books and uh, you know delivered a lot of lectures and uh, you know her work has uh, you know a kind of an expanse and has a kind of depth which is uh, quite incredible um, she is you know one of the first along with Linda Hutchin to work and write on metafiction in fact uh, you know Patricia was considered to be almost you know the pioneer uh, in working on uh, you know this question of metafiction uh, Patricia War is also uh, deeply interested in science and um, has done a lot of work on uh, you know climate change and literature and uh, you know for most of the time we would think that uh, you know the sciences and the humanities and the languages are so disparate uh, in terms of entities in terms of concerns that the address uh, but um, you know uh, Patricia War uh, seems to be doing um, uh, you know a very intelligent and a very um, appropriate amalgamation of even science and literature um, you know you'd see when you read the um, uh, the essay uh, you'll find all kinds of cross-references uh, to uh, you know uh, nuclear physicists and to Bakhtin and to Sushor and others and it just shows the wide kind of expanse that uh, you know Patricia War has and uh, the essay uh, you know uh, is, is very interesting and it uh, uh, you know it, uh, it deals with great detail on this uh, question of what is metafiction and what does metafiction actually try to do what does it try to achieve uh, now, before I go uh, into more uh, detail about how Patricia War sort of, you know, discusses and describes metafiction, uh, I just thought of, um, you know, giving you a very basic kind of a definition because, you know, actually, uh, you know, metafiction is uh, is something that cannot be compartmentalized. It's very difficult to give metafiction. Um, you know a singular kind of a definition because there are just so many things in it there's so many uh, characteristics there's so many ways in which metafiction can be experimented with so it's pretty difficult actually to give it a definition but if we just try uh, we can you know first examine the root of the word meta 
or meta and that is Greek for after or beyond. Okay? So uh, it is a sort of a transcendence uh, and it is going beyond, it is going uh, you know, beyond that uh, just the confines of fiction. Okay? Um, if we had to or if I had to give you a very simple definition of metafiction, it's fiction that discusses, uh, describes or analyzes a work of fiction or the conventions of fiction. Okay. Now, uh, sometimes one would wonder that uh, you know this uh, definition doesn't sound anything like fiction. It almost sounds like non-fiction, or it almost sounds like theory. But in actuality, uh, you know, metafiction is that which really discusses, analyzes, and describes a work of fiction or the conventions of fiction. Okay. So you're moving away from just telling a story or just uh, you know, crowding people around a plot, and you're actually analyzing uh, the work, um, uh, and you're uh, analyzing um, the conventions of uh, fiction. Uh, there are some terms which are very, uh, you know, often used to describe contemporary metafiction. Uh, I mean, I'll just give you some of them. There are actually very many more, and uh, you know, you could say that metafiction is self-conscious, as um, is indicative in uh, you know Patricia Ward's. Uh, the title of a book itself. Uh, metafiction is introspective, it is introverted, it's even narcissistic at times, and it's auto-representational. Okay? So you see this whole idea of reflexiveness, yes, coming back uh, to an analysis of the work itself. Okay? Uh, now, when we talk of metafiction, uh, you know, it started, or the term was rather coined in 1970, uh, you know, which makes it uh, contemporary and new, but uh, you know the trends of metafiction are uh, you know very old. Uh, you know, using these metafictional um, you know elements in a work are very old. Uh, you know, for example, we have it in um, you know the Canterbury Tales by Chaucer, or uh, you know Cervantes' Don Quixote, and uh, even Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey. Uh, you know, has mention of writing the novel by her narrator. Okay, so you see uh, this kind of thing in which you have the narrator coming in and you know telling him or telling uh, something about himself or herself and making the reader aware that you know uh, there is more to this work of fiction than just plot. Okay, uh, in fact. Um, you know, Dante is sometimes referred to as, you know, the first autobiographical uh, metafiction writer, you know, uh, because he wrote a work like, um, uh, you know, The Divine Comedy, in which we see Dante himself is actually looking at himself, although it's represented as, uh, you know, uh, the universal pilgrim. Uh, and, you know, he's, you know, we know that it's Dante and he's taken by Virgil on this journey, uh, you know, uh, to the afterlife while he's actually alive, okay? So, um, uh, these things are, um, you know, pretty um, common and these these uh, elements are, uh, you know, are visible uh, so very many times. In fact, even uh, mythological works like the Ramayana and the Mahabharata, you know, uh, you, which were written by Valmiki and Ved Vyas, uh, you know, they have the appearance of Ved Vyas and Valmiki in the works themselves, okay? So, uh, the, the work going sort of beyond, uh, you know, just being a creation of, uh, you know, Valmiki or uh, Ved Vyas. Okay, so of course there are very many conventions, and these are just one of them. Okay, uh, John Bath. Um, uh, you know, in fact, we have an essay of John Bath also in this um, unit. Uh, you know, he says, you know, that uh, or he describes metafiction as a novel 
that imitates a novel rather than the real world. Okay? And this is actually the crux of the question of metafiction. Metafiction deals with actually the interpretation of the of, of, of the world or of reality, okay? And he says that, you know, a novel, a metafiction is a novel that imitates a novel rather than the real world, okay? So uh, this is a very layered, um, you know, comment he makes on what actually metafiction is. It's like a, uh, you know, it's like a replication of another novel rather than the real world, although we do understand that uh, the novel and the real world are so closely tied together, okay? Uh, some of characteristics of uh, metafiction are intertextual references, um, allusions, and intertextual references we do understand um, you know, uh, very much a part of the postmodern uh, narrative. Um, allusions, uh, an allusion is a reference to another literary work, which, uh, you know, also adds to intertextuality and uh, the richness of uh, plot and theme, etc. You also have incorporation of theory and criticism, okay? So this is also very important, yes? Theory and criticism incorporated in a work of fiction, yes? Um, and otherwise, we would think that they are very disparate. They are two, you know, very separate entities. On the one hand, we have fiction, and on the other hand, we have, say, uh, you know, uh, criticism and theory, okay? Uh, there are also, um, you know, characteristics like a creation of biographies of imaginary writers, you know, in metafiction. And you also have presenting and discussing fictional works of an imaginary character. So you're discussing some other fictional work of some other imaginary character, okay? So uh, you are moving away from a sort of a very conventional way of telling a story and putting, uh, you know, uh, many more different elements, okay? Um, they also uh, sometimes directly address the reader. You know, you'd see a lot of this in, uh, uh, in uh, children's fiction also, that there is a direct address, okay? And uh, we shouldn't confuse here with point of view of first person, etc. Here there is a different kind of an addressing in which, uh, you know, the reader knows that uh, he or she is actually being addressed by the narrator. You also have, um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the writers or the authors involving themselves with fictional characters. There's a personal involvement with fictional characters. And uh, there's also a certain um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, in intrusion to comment on writing. Okay, so you uh, sort of are able to make out that there is, uh, you know, there is another entity which is actually the you know, the, the creator of that work who is either telling you, trying to tell you something and, uh, you know, there's another uh, very important aspect which is trying to be told through metafiction is that there is no singular truth, you know. Si truth is never singular. So just like the postmodern narrative, there is no meta-narrative, uh, there is fragmentation, there is parody, pastiche, etc. Because, uh, you know, there is nothing that can be declared as uh, the only truth. And that's what actually, uh, you know, metafiction does. Um, of course, uh, you know, um, metafiction also, uh, you know, examples are when, uh, you know, there is a person in the book who is reading a book which is about the same story, okay? So you see there is a certain kind of a, uh, sometimes it looks like a confusion, but it's actually a very, very, uh, you know, systematic device to be able to be self-reflexive, yes, to be able to analyze the work and come back to it, uh, to be able to understand what is the interpretation of reality. Actually, that is the basic idea of metafiction is, uh, you know, why are you writing in such a manner? You're actually trying to determine what reality is 
And uh, I mean, we do understand that, you know, this question of what is truth and what is reality is something that has been handled and been tackled by philosophers for ages. Yes, this whole uh, question of, you know, Spinoza and Descartes and everybody else, they're questioning or they're trying to make out what is uh, uh, reality, what is the world outside the world of fiction. Okay, So um, there are some more... Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, techniques and characteristics. I'll discuss them, um, you know, later uh, after we uh, do, uh, you know, the, the the essay, so that we can come back, uh, you know, and compare notes when we uh, are, you know, in between somewhere, and we can go back to some more characteristics of metafiction. Okay, so um, uh, you know, now I'd want to, um, uh, you know, draw your attention to the. Uh, the, the chapter that is in our syllabus and uh, I mean I really hope that uh, you know all of you even if you're li listening to the podcast you must have the text with you and um, you know I, I teach uh, children who are much younger than you uh, they come you know after their plus two and uh, whenever I do a short story or um, uh, you know or a play or a poem I always insist that the text should be there. The text is the field, uh, you know, which gives you an exact feel of what uh, the, the writer is trying to convey. So Patricia Waugh is telling you something, and she tells you something not through, uh, you know, her Preet Kaur She's telling you something through the direct words that she uses in the text, okay? And I presume that probably uh, you know, some of you would have read the entire work. I presume that some of you plan to read it. So the text is just very important. And uh, while I do it, uh, I think very essential for you to have the text to be able to follow along with me. Um, before I start, I just want to, you know, talk of three, um, you know, terms which are very important to understand metafiction. And uh, these three terms are that metafiction is self-reflexive, it's self-referential and self-conscious, okay? Which means uh, there is uh, this uh, whole idea of bringing the theory and practice of writing back to the uh, writer and trying to analyze what the writer is trying to do in terms of interpretation of reality, okay? How is it being interpreted and how is it being presented, okay? Um, I'd like to draw your attention to the title of, um, uh, you know, the essay, or, you know, it's actually a chapter, and uh, look at the way, um, you know, Patricia Waugh describes, or, you know, she names the chapter, and uh, she says, uh, you know, what is metafiction, and why are they saying such awful things about it, okay? So when you look at the title, um, you see that there is a certain... Uh, playfulness in it um, you know she's asking uh, a serious question but she ends up uh, uh, you know uh, saying a little playful thing about metafiction okay what is metafiction and why are they saying such awful things about it yes if, if you read it like that yes it sounds um, you know uh, like a complaint and yet uh, you can make out that her tone has got some kind of irony it's got some kind of playfulness in it and so we what are we going to expect is that for the uh, you know for the initial part of the essay uh, it, it's going to deal with the description what is metafiction what does it entail etc and uh, you know the latter parts uh, are also going to talk of why people are making such a fuss about it and uh, we do understand that whenever we have um, anything uh, in that that's new uh, in in terms of genre in terms of um, 
you know, political ideas, anything that's new, uh, it initially brings a sort of a resistance around. And um, probably that's what happened with metafiction as well. And uh, Patricia Waugh attempts, uh, you know, to very systematically explain and also dismantle uh, the kind of... Uh, uh, you know, uh, misgivings that uh, many critics and even writers have about uh, have about metafiction. Uh, uh, the essay is written in a in a very systematic and in a very um, you know uh, in a you know Patricia Waugh tries to concretize the whole idea by you know beginning with some quotes and then explaining what metafiction is and then what are the uh, you know criticisms against it and uh, you know she does it in um, in in a way that is you know uh, easy to understand and also um, you know there is a certain kind of a, uh, depth in analysis when she, uh, you know, refers to various thinkers and various, uh, you know, people from other fields, etc. So I think uh, it would be, you know, delightful uh, to to uh, analyze the essay definitely, but to just read it is also, uh, you know, delightful. And uh, you know what Patricia Waugh talks about? She says, whatever we do. And however we understand metafiction, the the bottom of it, of course, is is um, you know the question of what is reality. And the second thing that is very very important is that it has to do with language. Yes? So ultimately, we're coming to this question of language, um, you know, as being um, uh, you know the means and the only means probably to be able to understand what reality is. Okay. So um, the you know the essay begins with a question: What is metaphysics? Fiction, okay, and she quotes or she gives four or five quotations, um, all of them um, disparate, different. But uh, you know, after she uh, you know mentions the quotations, she's going to ask the readers or tell the readers rather, uh, you know, of this common thread that uh, you know one can discern from all these quotations. Okay, so I'll read. Um, I won't read all. I think I'll just leave out one. Most of them I would. Uh, and they're very interesting quotations. I'll begin with uh, Lawrence Stern's Tristram Shandy. This is a quotation on page 438. Yes, just listen uh, to it carefully or read it along as um, I presume we have the text. The thing is this, that of all the several ways of beginning a book, which are now in practice throughout the known world, I am confident my own way of doing it is the best. I'm sure it is the most religious, for I begin with writing the first sentence and trusting to Almighty God for the second. Okay? So look at the humor and look at the um, irony as well. Okay? So Lawrence Stern says, you know, there are several ways of beginning a book. We're not even talking of writing a book. Yes, we're talking of beginning a book, and we do know that um, you know how beginnings of books become so important. Opening lines, you know, for example, of Anna Karenina. Um, so the beginning of the book is so important, and he said there are many ways, you know, which are followed throughout the world. But he says I'm very confident that I'm doing it the best, and he says it's the most religious. Why? Because I begin with writing the first sentence. And trusting to Almighty God for the second. So this divine intervention, he just write the first sentence and everything else will follow. Okay, so this is Tristram Shandy. Uh, the second quotation is uh, 
you know, from the work Albert Angelo by B.S. Johnson. And this is more, this is sharp, you know, it begins with an expletive or it begins with, fuck all this lying, look what I'm really trying to write about is writing not all this stuff, okay? Uh, you, you can even look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, the punctuation, yes, where it is, is not there where you think it should be. And he says, all this lying, you know, he said, this is all lying. Whatever I'm writing is actually a lie. He says, what I'm really trying to write about is writing not all this stuff. Okay, so very contradictory things. What I am trying to write about is writing not all this stuff. So, which means that um, a writer is always um, and is so often. Uh, you know, riddled with these questions of what to write, how to write. And when you look at it, when you examine it very carefully, it boils down to actually nothing but what is the writer, uh, you know, trying to interpret as reality? What is the writer trying to present as reality? I think that's the most important thing. Yes, I'll come to a detailed discussion of that after I read all the other quotations. And look at the third quotation. I find this the most um, interesting. And it is by Ronald Sukunik from the death of the novel and other stories. Okay, And, um, you know, this is what the writer says. Okay, He says, since I started thinking about the story, I've gotten boils, piles, eye strain, stomach spasms, anxiety attacks. Finally, I am consumed by the thought that at a certain point we all become nothing more than dying animals. So uh, just look at the way the writer is, uh, you know, examining his or her state of mind. Since I've started thinking about the story, we're not even talking about writing the story. And he says, since I've started thinking about the story, I've gotten, bi um, I've gotten boils, piles, eye strain, stomach spasms, and anxiety attacks. Yes, almost uh, becoming neurotic, and uh, you know all the mental uh, problems you know you know manifesting themselves as physical ones okay and he says i think finally i'm consumed by the thought that at a certain point we all become nothing more than dying animals okay which means um, we actually come down to almost nothing at all because we're so consumed with this whole uh, you know this whole process of uh, you know creating a work and you know he uses the word I've just started thinking about the story he hasn't even started writing about it okay so um, this just you know takes me uh, to an interview which I read um, in last Sunday's uh, Tribune and this is an interview of Avni uh, you know Doshi and we know that Avni Doshi's work you know which is a girl in white cotton um, you know, it's a 2020 novel and it has been, it was long listed for the booker and it has been shortlisted now. So it's a debut novel and um, there's a lot of noise about it, obviously, because, you know, this young woman, 38 year old, is, you know, uh, you know, tipped to be the booker, you know, so much, uh, you know, takes us uh, sort of a deja vu to Arundhati Roy, you know, debut novelist, etc. And um, when um, Avni Doshi was actually interviewed, uh, you know, she said that, um, I mean, you know, the process of writing is very, very uh, arduous. It's very difficult. And she said it took her seven years to write. 
the novel and it took her eight drafts okay and she says when she submitted eight drafts each draft was different from the other and absolutely different okay so she was trying to explain that the process of writing is essentially difficult lonely and uh you know you don't know sometimes uh, most of the time probably where you're getting at that's why we have you know questions like writer's block and difficulty in writing etc so um in fact there was another question uh, that was asked to her in an interview and uh, you know the question was uh, is your work autobiographical right and uh, you know she had to sort of uh, explain very clearly that no i have a very you know because the novel is about a very uncomfortable relationship between a mother and a daughter unconventional and uncomfortable and she says no no i have a very you know comfortable relationship with my mother and she says no this is not autobiographical at all okay so um you know why was that uh, anchor interested to know whether it was autobiographical or not was that because the old anchor and all readers probably are very interested to know uh you, you know what is the reference of a particular writer's work you know and that brings us to the question of the reference of being what is the reality upon which this work is based and you know when we were children we were taught a very simplistic definition of fiction that you know fiction is based on something that's not true or that's just imagined okay and that of course was a very over simplistic uh you know essentialist kind of a definition because uh, uh you know we know that fiction can be based on so many things that are true so uh, you know when uh, avni doshi you know was trying to explain ki you know, this is not autobiographical she was actually trying uh, you know to explain that uh, there are many worlds that uh, you know and there are many realities which fiction uh, you know tries to bring about now i'm not saying that uh, you know avni doshi is a metaf- you know is a you know is a writer who uses metafiction that's not what i'm trying to say because i i haven't even read her book so i wouldn't be able to comment but the fact is that i'm trying to explain this question or this whole um, you know struggle that a writer has while Uh, creating his or her work and that's essentially so um that's essentially so painful sometimes so lonely at sometimes and also uh, you know exciting at at many many other times that's what probably the whole process of writing is all about and when we examine metafiction this is exactly what patricia war is going to say that metafiction examines this question of how is reality to be represented yes in what way and uh, what are the reference points okay the last quotation um that i'll take is uh, you know from uh, the french lieutenant's woman and it's on page 86 to 87 of course by john fowles uh, we have i think uh, chapter 13 as one of the works uh, of the unit in metafiction and john fowles of course uh, using metafiction in a very very fine manner uh, so he says fiction is woven into all I find this new reality or unreality more valid. Yes, to get the use of this new reality or unreality. Okay, so there is, um, you know, in metafiction also this uh, playfulness, this kind of, uh, you know, irony, and uh, you know, John Fowles saying, you know, fiction is woven into all. into all you know and there is you know there uh, there has been someone who says you know that all fiction is metafiction all right so um fiction woven into all and he says i find this new reality or unreality more valid right now um 
after examining you know this uh, uh, all these quotations you know there's one which i've left out because i wouldn't be able to take each and every word of 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 the essay i would not be able to finish uh you know then uh, you know uh, patricia war begins with an analysis of the uh, of these quotations okay and she says that you know if asked to point out the similarities amongst these quotations and she uses the word disconcerting you know disconcerting selection of quotations and something is disconcerting when it unsettles you when it uh, you know disturbs your sense of balance and peace or makes you very confused and you'd find that these quotations are a mix of uh, you know being disconcerting and bordering on um, you know a certain sense of being uh, you know unable to uh, you know write or even put the first sentence on that page so uh, she says you know if you had to look at the similarities amongst these disconcerting selections of quotations uh, she said that you know most readers would be able to find um, you know certain similarities which would be very very visible all right now the first thing she says that all these quotations talk of a celebration of the power of the creative imagination so undoubtedly um, you know creativity being celebrated a certain exuberance you know in the celebration of the power of creative imagination i mean many of you here must be writing poetry or planning to write short stories and uh, probably just you know knowing the fact that you can write um Uh, you know would probably just fill you with a sense of exuberance so she says there is a celebration of the power of the creative imagination and um that's very important because uh, we see that in the quotations but along with it you see uh, there is an uncertainty about the validity of its representation so you see on the one hand you have an exuberance you have a uh, you know a celebration of the power of being creative but you're also uncertain about the validity of the representation then this is what metafiction addresses that what is the validity of the reality that a writer wants to present in fiction okay so you'll always be uncertain about the validity and whenever anyone is writing uh, you know uh, we have the writers block and we have people you know giving up writing in between throwing away their drafts burning their papers etc Uh, you know because they're not sure about themselves and they also not sure how the world would accept their representation of reality and that's uh, you know the bottom of the whole idea of metafiction okay so uh, uncertainty about these representations the representation of reality through of course the use of um, you know or uh, the power of creative representation then she also says that there's another similarity between all the uh, quotations and she says that uh, it's uh, you know followed by an extreme self consciousness about language about literary form and the act of writing fiction so she says if on the one hand you're you know always worried about how uh, you know your reality is going to be represented you're also always self conscious see um, as i said self conscious self reflexive you know so you self conscious about language uh literary form and the art and the act of writing fiction so uh you know these are the very important things that a writer is you know often riddled with you know what kind of a language should i use what literary form should be employed and the act of writing fiction itself is so riddled with so many conundrums so many uh you know confusions and uh, you know so many contradictions that uh, you know patricia war very um, systematically sort of brings about the similarities between all these uh, 
uh, quotations and uh, that you know shows uh, you know that she has been able to delineate that it is the celebration of the creative imagination at the same time it's the uncertainty of uh, the validity of these representations and also uh, an extreme you know she uses not self consciousness she uses extreme self consciousness about what about language uh, about uh, literary form and the act of writing fiction okay so uh, you know this is how she you know very systematic manner she begins the essay and of course um, in the next paragraph she's going to define and that that um, definition of meta fiction is is you know is so uh, you know pervasive and so popular that if anybody had to define meta fiction they'd say that you know it would be defined in the manner in which patricia war has done it okay so um this is what i did today um in my class and um, i you know i hope i've been able to you know try to be as representative as possible but uh, you know uh, imitations are um, always fraught with their own uh, dangers and um, i hope i've not left out anything and uh, uh, please listen uh, you know to the podcast and uh, uh, try to understand it uh, well and while you do that please keep the text in front of you so that you know you're able to read you know you know in the language that patricia war uh, wrote and i think that is uh, you know uh, that's the way by which you'd be able to develop a certain mastery over the text um, so um, i i mean i'll continue in my next class uh, thank you and uh, i hope uh, you'd be able to come back with your uh, with you know your questions or your comments or any uh, you know discussion that we can also have after we um, you know finish or we are halfway through thank you thank you so much to the class